What's worse than finding a worm in your apple? Finding half a worm. I'm sure everybody's familiar with this uh, classic joke, right? Because the if you find a half a worm, it means you already ate the other half, right? Okay. Well, anyways, by uh, by deductive reasoning, one could then further argue, what's worse than finding half a worm in your apple? Finding a quarter of a worm. What's worse than finding a quarter of a worm? Finding an eighth of a worm. And what's worse is worse than finding an eighteenth of a worm, a sixteenth of a worm, and to finally, what's the worst thing you can? No worm. If you find no worm, that means you you ate the whole worm. Okay, but obviously nobody actually reacts that way. Um, nevertheless, okay, what's my point? This week's parsha, parsha's tazria. We have a double parsha actually, tazria mitzayda, uh, which both speak about the affliction known as Tzeras, and an interesting thing we read about in Parshas Tazriya, there's a, a lesion, a, a, a white spot on the skin called a nega, and uh, the Kohen comes and he assesses whether or not that spot has grown, how much of the skin has it uh, spread out on, and uh, there's a quarantine process where, where the, the Mitzayda is has to wait in order for the to be diagnosed by the kohen, but at any rate, the the the, the signifying um, symptoms of the tzaras element are these nagoyim, these uh, white uh, aberrations on the skin, discolorations. At any rate, so we learn all about this, and then we learn a very interesting law: what happens if somebody's entire body is covered in tzaras? His entire body is all the color of these Tzeras afflictions, meaning this, this white color. Very interesting law. The, the Pasuk tells us, If he entirely turns white, this, this, this shade of white, the, the ruling is, he is pure. So it's very funny. <laughs> Think about it. If a person has a little bit of a spot, Tomei, he's impure. If he has a big spot, Tame. If he has half of his body covered in these spots, Tame. 90% of his body covered in these spots, Tame. 100%? Daher, he's pure. It's very funny. It's very interesting. Now, I want to point out that this law, homiletically, on the level of Drush, is also the source for an interesting statement that our sages make regarding the time right before Mashiach comes. And in addition to this being connected to this week's Parsha of uh, Tazriya Metzayra, I also wanted to talk about it this week because last week our class on Parsha Shmini spoke about Mashiach. We spoke about the law of uh, a kohen not being able to drink lest Mashiach arrive and uh, he would not be able to perform the Avedah. And um, some of the feedback I got from some people was a little bit, I'd say, uh, tenuous. They were like, uh, is it necessarily such a good thing that uh, Mashiach could come so quickly? I mean, I hear negative things about the time right before Mashiach that it's going to get really, really bad. So I wanted to address uh, that attitude. The um, people who are hesitant or wary about Mashiach's coming... <clears throat> And this is a perfect opportunity to do so. 
there's a section in the Gemara Sanhedrin towards the end of the Masechta, uh, which which we know which we know as the Agadata of Chelik. The whole Perik is known as uh, Perik Chelik. Uh, it starts with the Mishnah Kol Yisrael Yishlem Chelik Leilam Haba. All the Jewish people have a portion of the world to come, and there are many Agadic passages there about Mashiach and the time right before Mashiach. So here's one of the things it tells us in uh, the Gemara Sanhedrin Daf. Sadig Zayin Omer Aleph. Omer Rabbi Yitzchok. Ein ben David ba ad shenishapech kol hamalchus leminos. Ben David, the descendant of King David, meaning Mashiach, will not come until the malchus, the government, has been completely turned over to heresy. The Gemara continues. Omer Rava, Maikra. Rava asks, what is the scriptural basis for, that, for, for, for this statement? Everything has to come from Torah. For, so where do you get it from Torah? If he became completely white, he is pure. In other words, you're going to ask, what's the source for saying that right before things get really, really good, right before Mashiach comes, it's going to get really, really bad, that not only really bad, completely bad, that the entire government, or all governments, kol hamalchus, nishapech laminos, will become heretical. Where do you get this from? Where do we get it from? At least on a homiletical level, on, a, on the level of Durush, we get it from this concept that if somebody becomes completely tzeras-like, kulay lovin, completely white, like the tzeras affliction, toherhu, the ruling is that he's pure. So, in other words, it gets so bad that it's good. So, let's talk a little bit about this. What does it mean it gets so bad that it's good? So, there, there are two ways of, of looking at this, two approaches. Both regarding the ruling about Saras, as well as the uh, teaching about the time right before Mashiach. Same two approaches. Let, 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 let's, let's go through them. But let's first, let's, let's talk about it in terms of tzeras. One approach is that the whole thing is a gzeres hakosuf. That means a scriptural decree. It's not logical. It doesn't have to make sense. This is just the rule. So you're going to say, but if the guy becomes entirely white, now all of a sudden he's fine? If he had a little white spot, that's bad. If he had a lot of white spots, that's also bad. All white spots, now, 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 now it's fine. Okay, yeah, fine. Yeah, that's that's what it is. What? And the rest of Taras makes sense to you? The whole thing is exeras akosov. The whole thing is a supra-rational decree. It transcends logic. Doesn't have to conform to to your expectations. The whole thing is spiritual. The whole thing is 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 beyond our mortal minds are able to to understand. So so there you go. So you, don't don't be shocked. Well, it doesn't have to make sense. That's one approach. The other, and I want to understand, it's not a push-off. It's, 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 an, it's an earnest, it's a sincere answer. The whole thing of tuma vatara, of purity and impurity, the, the, this, this isn't a physical condition. This is not a medical condition. 
it has symptoms on the body as if it were a medical condition, but the whole thing is a spiritual thing. It doesn't even exist anymore uh, because we're, we're not spiritually elevated enough to even experience this, this affliction. So it, it's a spiritual thing. It's an otherworldly thing. You want to make it make sense? It doesn't have to make sense according to human intellect. So it gets so bad that it becomes good. doesn't make sense. Okay, it doesn't have to make sense. All right, so that's, that's the first approach. Second approach, an exact opposite approach. It's very logical. It makes perfect sense. What, what's, what's the logic? The logic is like this. Follow here. Saras is an aberration, a dysfunction, an abnormality. Right? It's different than the rest of the skin. And that's why it's a sign that there's something wrong with the person. And that's what makes him ritually impure. However, let's say there's a guy whose entire epidermis, all of his skin, you know, when we were kids, we used to harass each other, say, your epidermis is showing. Anyways, imagine all of his skin, his entire epidermis, has become this color. Well, now you can't call it a dysfunction. You can't call it an aberration or a deviation. That's what his skin is. Kool-Aid lovin', it's all this white color, so apparently this is his norm. It's not a break from the norm. It's not abnormal. This is his normal. <laughs> okay, it's not normal compared to other people, but for him, that's his normal. So that's the second approach. That when you have the breakout of the negoyim, of these, these, these lesions, where they are a deviation, so then it's a sign of, of impurity. But when it becomes the entire skin is that way, so that's just what his skin is like. And therefore, it's not a sign of impurity. Okay. Those are the two approaches. Now, after we've seen how they apply to understanding this law about Saras, let's apply it to Mashiach. First, the, um, the approach that it's exeris akosif, that it doesn't have to conform to rationality. Here's the approach. The approach is like this. So, um... Human history sort of goes along, and um, different governments rule, and uh, different forms of government, and different parties, and different systems of government, and uh, eventually it gets really, really bad. You know, human corruption leads to just like the, the, the most severe, most uh, absolute state that it could ever reach, and things are just totally terrible, and there's no way out. And then Hashem just swoops in and he redeems everything. You know, in, in, in drama, in literary terms, I'm saying going back to the ancient Greeks. In fact, this is a Greek, originally it's a Greek term. In, the, in, in English, we use the Latin version of it. But the term is the Deus ex machina. Deus means God, ex means from or out of, machina means the machine. God from the machine. What is that talking about? In the old plays, in the ancient plays, sometimes the, the writer, you know, a play is about conflict. You have to have drama. You have to have, you know, an antagonist. You have to have a problem. So the, and the more, the, the bigger the problem, the more, the, 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 the more formidable the enemy, then the, you know, the, the more exciting it is. But sometimes the writer is so good that he paints himself into such a corner, he can't even write himself out of it because it's just too big of a problem to solve. So what they would do, literally, this is, this is where the expression comes from, they would have the deus ex machina, the god from the machine. They would have an actor 
who would be portraying one of their, their gods, one of their Avedazaras, would literally swoop in on a crane, he'd be hanging from a crane, and he would swoop onto the stage, and he would fix everything, and high right ending, everyone's happy, okay? Like, like the Americans like, a nice Hollywood ending, everything ends happy, okay. And that's one approach to human history, is saying, look, it gets bad, and it gets bad, and it gets bad, and it gets so bad, there's no way to fix it, it's just completely systemically broken, and then, what do you want? You know, Hashem can do anything. Hashem swoops in, and he brings Mashiach. It's incongruous, yeah, it doesn't make sense. It's like <clears throat> totally out of, it's, it's, it's totally out of step with what's been going on, but Hashem can do it, why, why, why not? Just like we were talking about before, about the Tzaras. So the Tzaras makes sense to you? Doesn't have to make sense, just however Hashem wants to do it. The same thing here. History just gets worse and worse and worse, and people get worse, and governments become more and more corrupt, and the very, you know, when it gets totally corrupt, Hashem just swoops in and fixes the whole thing. Okay, fine. That's one approach to understanding it. And I could understand why, according to that approach, we were mentioning before, people were like hesitant about Mashiach coming. Uh, according to that approach, I understand that. You know, that uh, when things are going to get so bad that really there's no way that they could get better except for the fact that, you know, Hashem can ultimately just do whatever He wants. Then there's the second approach. Second approach, we said, was the rational approach, the logical approach, that there's a certain inherent or at least in, internal logic here working. What we said before, the guy becomes entirely uh, tzaras-like, then it's not tzaras, that, that, that is his normal. So too, there's a, there's a logical way of looking at why all governments becoming completely heretical would be a natural precursor to the coming of Mashiach. Okay, what is that logic? Very simple. Um, you know, Winston Churchill said that democracy is the absolute worst form of government ever devised by man until you compare it to all the others. There's a certain truth to that. What, what was Churchill saying? Churchill was saying all man-made forms of government are corrupt. They're all broken. They're all messed up. Democracy is the least messed up. And, and that's, that's basically true. All forms of government, all those who exercise power, if it's based on human reason, human morality, human uh, sense of uh, sensibilities, is going to be fundamentally flawed and lacking. And then you just pick the one that's least fundamentally flawed and lacking. You know, there's a story, the, the previous Lubavitcher Rebbe was once on a train and a couple of intellectuals were having a discussion. Which is more similar to Torah? Communism or capitalism? Okay, so that's an economic system, not a political system, but the, the, the same, similar kind of, uh, kind of idea here. And so they asked uh, the Rebbe Rayatz to uh, chime in to sort of settle the debate. So it's very interesting. The Rebbe Reyats said to these uh, intellectuals, he says, you know, uh, there's truth in both of them. In, in capitalism is the truth of Yevarech Hashem b'chol Hashem will bless you in everything that you do. You have to put forth effort to be successful. But then in communism is the truth of Efes kiloi yiyeh b'chol that there will not be any poor 
among you. Communism says we're not allowing anyone to be poor. Uh, and they're both truths within Plato, and each of these economic systems has one of those truths reflected in it. The thing is, though, neither of them have the whole truth. And no man-made system of economics or, or politics has the whole truth in it. The only system that has the entire truth is Torah. And furthermore, whatever truth that is in any of the man-made systems ultimately comes from Torah. I think it's just a, a remarkable story, especially if you think about the fact that the Rebbe, uh, the Rebbe Reyats was, was persecuted by the communists and arrested by them and, 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 and tortured. And, you know, <laughs> if it were me, you'd ask me to, you know, chime in on a conversation about capitalism. Communism, those are the guys who, you know, you know what they did to me. But, um, you know, the, the objectivity, the detachment with which he was able to, to answer the question, um, it's uh, very enlightening. Look, there's truth in all the isms, or most of the isms, or a lot of the isms. Just none of them has the whole truth. And whatever bit of truth each of them have ultimately comes from Torah. Torah brought that idea to the world. Torah introduced it. To humanity. So the, the point is, what am I saying? I'm saying, like Churchill said, that democracy is the worst government until you compare it to all the others. Every man-made system is broken and flawed, but has some good in it, and it's based on that little bit of good in it that people put up with it. So for a while, people, you know, they, they, they had their kings, and then a few hundred years ago, they decided they didn't want their kings, they, they, they wanted a democracy, and then, then everyone became democratic. And it's like, Basically, human history is the story of people saying, you know, what's the lesser of the two evils at this point? You know, what are we willing to put up with? And uh, until you get to a point like we're at right now, where basically that's, you know, that's the way most people are feeling uh, today in America, 2020, you know, we, we're, we're about to go into a presidential race or we're really in the middle of a presidential race right now. We just had one four years ago. Uh, most people, the polls showed, were not voting for a candidate. They were voting against the candidate that they didn't want. So really, it was, it was a question of, you know, just lesser of two evils. Which one of these is, do I, do I, which one of these is, is the least offensive option to me? Um, and uh, about 10 years ago, you know, there was a, a poll that they asked people where they, where they got their political news from, or what they felt was the most reliable source of political news. And um, a Jewish comedian, John Stewart, I happen to have been, won the, the poll, or he was, most people said he was the most reliable source of political news. And it's interesting because they asked him about it. it was, he was interviewed. And they said, you're a comedian, you know, you're doing political humor. What do you think about the fact that you're more trusted as a source of political news than the anchors of the, uh, you know, the, the, the network news stations? And uh, he says, it was, a, it was a protest vote. You know, it was a none of the above vote. In other words, he wasn't even taking it so seriously as a compliment to himself. He was basically saying, look, people are fed up. They know that everybody is corrupt. Everybody's trying to sell them uh, a, a load of goods. And so, you know, basically, who do they say is the most reliable person? The comedian. Because basically it's the way, that's people's way of saying, we don't like any of the 
options that we're being presented with. And um, that really is sort of the, the day and age that we live in today is sort of this day and age of, of, of profound disillusionment with all political parties, all governments, all forms of government, all of the, the media which deliver information about government, uh, whether it's left or it's right. I mean, it, it's always just what's the lesser of, of, of two evils, and it's all evil, it's all corrupt, it's all manipulative. And that seems to be the prevailing attitude today. And the truth is, that's not a bad thing. In fact, that is part of a natural process that leads seamlessly to Mashiach. Yeah, sure. Because basically what's happening is that we're going through a process where we're gaining clarity. We're gaining clarity. Clarity is a good thing. See, it's been taking thousands of years of human history, but you know, until now it's sort of like, well, you know, this government's not perfect, but you know, it has this benefit or that benefit, and we rationalize all this flawed and imperfect um, and, 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 and ultimately harmful stuff because what, what choice do we have? What choice do we have? But as we're coming closer to the end of Gaulus, we're getting clarity and we're saying, you know what? This stuff is all bad. We don't want any of it. Like really, like Churchill said, democracy is the worst form of government. It, 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 we don't want any of these man-made governments. They're all minus. They're all heresy. You want to tell me this one's better than that? You know what? Forget about these gradations, this sophisticated way of saying, well, this is the lesser of two evils. That's the sophisticated way of rationalizing evil. Well, it's relatively not as bad when you compare. I don't, you know what? It's good or it's not good. So Baruch Hashem, we're getting to the point where we're saying all forms of government, all the ruling parties, it's all minus, it's all heresy. It's all bad. And we don't want anything else but what? The one pure, true form of government. Yeah, Mashiach. That's all we want. And in fact, this, this Gemara about Ein ben David Ba, Ad Shinishapach Kola Malchus Leminus, that when right before Mashiach comes, all the governments will, will become heretical. So I mentioned this is from Sanhedrin, where we're learning it. A similar line, pretty much the same line, also appears at the end of the Gemara Saita, which, by the way, we're learning right now. There's a custom, there's 49 pages or folios in, um, in Saita, in these 49 days of Sfirah Sa'imah, there's a custom to learn a page a day, half a day. But at the very end of the tractate, uh, it, it also talks about Mashiach over there. And it also has this line, that right before Mashiach comes, all governments will be heretical. And it mentioned some other things that will be going on that are seemingly negative at the end of uh, the time right before Mashiach comes. And then it concludes and says... So what then can we rely upon? If everything is corrupt, what are we relying upon? Only upon our Father in Heaven. And that's the point here. That we're coming to the point of clarity. We're coming to the point where we're saying, you know what? All these governments, all these forms of rulership, that we've been rationalizing and, and, and in saying, you know, it's good enough, or it could be worse, could be worse, could be worse. We don't want it anymore. We, we, we only want 
the one true, pure, holy, God-given form of government. We want Mashiach as, as a king, with the Sanhedrin in Yerushalayim, with the Besamiktosh. That's the only thing we want. And we, we, we want to stop tolerating all of these defective forms of man-made government. You know, after the forming of the, the State of Israel. So there was a, a, a rabbinical proclamation that came out that said it's a mitzvah to vote. They were encouraging the, the, the religious to, to vote in Israel. So certain rabbis came out said it's a mitzvah to, to vote in Israel. So somebody came to the, the Belzer Rebbe and uh, Rebaran, and they asked him, Pake, it's a, really? It's a, it's a mitzvah to vote? And he says, yeah. And they said, a mitzvah? Like eating matzah? He said, eh, maybe more like eating moror. What did he mean? He meant, we don't relish this. This is not, nobody's enjoying this. But in this situation, what choice do we have? It's like eating moror. It's bitter. It's bitter. But we have to be politically involved. So that's the way that the Belzerov sought to be, to, to be politically involved. And that's what he told his class. The point is, the only point I'm making here is, it's a necessary evil of the exile, of being in Gaulus, that we have to eat that mora, and that we have to decide which one of these corrupt forms of man-made governments is, is going to be worse, and then go pick the other one. We don't want that anymore. We want to be able to say, you know what? Get rid of it all. None of the above. We only want Mashiach. So, therefore, let's talk about how all of governments becoming heretical right before Mashiach coming is a natural precursor and lead-in to Mashiach's coming. It's very simple. The narrative is very, very... It's, it's, it's natural. It's organic. Seamless. That as we, through process of elimination, all of history has been a big laboratory. The, the, the planet Earth has been this laboratory where we've experimented with every form of, of, of government and rule that every genius has ever come up with. We've tried them all out, and you know what? They're all minus. They're all heresy. We only want, and we've come to the point where we're ready to say, we want nothing less than Mashiach.